Hey y'all, The Fallen Podcast is an Augusta University and Georgia Cyber Center production. Thanks for tuning in. Things are about to get wild. Augusta University is proud to celebrate Hispanic Heritage Month. Even if you don't consider yourself Hispanic or Latinx, you can still learn more about the cultures of the 21 Spanish-speaking countries and territories honored during these four weeks. You can start by supporting your on-campus student organizations such as Spanish Club, the Hispanic Organization of Youth, the Hispanic Student Dental Association, and the Latino Medical Student Association. For more information on how AU is celebrating Hispanic Heritage Month, check out the university calendar at calendar.augusta.edu. This message is brought to you by the Department of English and World Languages. Augusta University presents In the Wild, the podcast for all things Augusta University. With this week's Quick Jag, here's your host, Rayshawn Ricks. What's up, y'all, and welcome to In the Wild. We are back at it again with the Back at It Again. And joining me in the studio live is our outstanding intern, Ms. Courtney Parker. What's up? How's it going? I'm good. How are you? I am great. I am excited to be here with you again because today we're doing two of my favorite segments. The first one, and it's also your first time, of doing Wild Topics. I love being able to talk about what's going on in the world. There's so much going on. Yes. So the first one, just to just dive right in. And I guess it's kind of no pun intended. But... but, did you see the trailer for The Little Mermaid? Yes, I just saw it this morning. It was gorgeous. I So I probably would say The Little Mermaid as well as Hercules are like my favorite Disney movies. Really? Those are probably two of the ones that I watched the most growing up. Close second would be Peter Pan and Tarzan, but wow. you know. Okay. We won't have to, won't have to go through all my uh, Disney favorites. But I really loved watching Little Mermaid. It brought all the nostalgia from this little like minute trailer. You know, with Disney doing these live action remakes and uh, retelling of these stories, I thought it's very interesting to see Halle Bailey take on this role because, of course, it's going to be different from the original. But I'm excited to see it. I'm excited to see the the black girl magic in in this role as Ariel. I'm excited to see it, but I'm even more excited to hear it. I love the Disney movies that have really proficient singers. So I Mm. like Mulan and, of course, The Little Mermaid, just like the movies where you have the most memorable songs. I love music. So having, you know, this talented Grammy nominated singer, Miss Halle Bailey, and she's from Atlanta, and so am I. She is. So I'm rooting for her. My cousin. Incredible. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. So I'm excited to see her in the role. I'm excited to sing along. Everyone's gonna be upset with me in the theater. Ooh. (laughs) You one of them. Just for this, this just for this time. Okay. I might. You might hear a little. Part no. (laughs) Just a little chorus, but yes, I'm super excited to see it. So what do you think about like some of the more critical responses to people saying like, hey, the original Ariel 
looks like this. And then Holly doesn't look like that. Like original Ariel is white and she and Holly is black. And yes. her hair in the trailer is not as fiery red as the animated movie. And then this thing was different and that thing was different. Like I've seen some people trying to just really pick apart the whole movie and from the one minute trailer. Yes, I've seen a lot of criticisms online from her hair to her skin tone and how she looks and that's really all they can say they can't say her singing's bad because she Ooh. is <laughs> <laughs> she is my Ariel but I don't know people are always gonna have things to say I feel like whenever a specifically black character comes in and replaces or makes a new you know, face of something, there can be a lot of backlash, like Jaden Smith and Karate Kid and Leticia coming in as the Black Panther. Like there's always criticisms coming in for replacing characters, but I personally love to see newness, diversity, and just embrace who's there at the time. It's their moment. Yeah, I think like, I love that Disney is creating opportunities for stories to be retold in different ways, mm -hmm. right? Because just like you said, the diversity of it all, like it gives us a chance to appreciate different, like the live action in ways that we didn't get from the original. Mm. But I also think that some people are maybe just taking it too personally, like mm -hmm. just because they're going in a different direction from the original doesn't mean that's an attack on your childhood or it's an attack on the original film. It's just saying, hey, we have the opportunity to do things differently. Let's go for it. So I, I love that thought process, right, of just trying to do things differently and not trying to limit ourselves and being closed minded of this is how it was. So this is how it has to be. If we want to make a live action, mermaids, of course, are mystical characters. They aren't real. So they can look like however we want them to look like. And there have been some hits and some misses with some Disney live action remakes. Mm -hmm. I also watched Pinocchio, the live action one. It was okay. It was okay. It was okay. Mulan was not, was not it. Honestly, yeah. Uh, kind of stumbled me with that one. Mulan. It was a different story, though. I yeah. appreciated the fact that it told a different story. It would, I feel, be extremely repetitive of a company such as Disney to recreate word by word, play by play, and, and invest all this finance and people's time to create the exact same story. So while I did appreciate the new live action Mulan, and it was a completely different story, just about, yeah. I still love the original, you know. No. Yep. You know which remake I really did love that I thought they did really well? I know what you're going to say. What, what I'm going to say? Beauty and the Beast? No. 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 But I like, no, they did that one well. They did it good. That one, but that wasn't one I was going to say. You know the one I was going to say is Aladdin. Oh my gosh. It was so good. That, that one was a good one. I, that one was good. I don't know how I could have forgot about that. It was actually incredible. And I'm, you know what? I'm glad they're doing remakes because I did like the live <laughs> action one way more than the film. I don't know. It was so scary to me as a child. Really? Yes. Jafar frightened me. Mm. <laughs> so I don't know. Having Will Smith such a familiar face. Mm. Yeah, just, I can see that. Just got my anxiety to like level zero. It was so much better. So yeah, I think Aladdin was really good. I did like Beauty and the Beast. Uh, Cinderella was okay. I feel like there is a thousand Cinderella remakes. That's true. I think Lion King, the animation CGI of it all, maybe too real. Maybe too real. Yeah. Because I like the story. Like I like how they, the change that they made in the story, but. Ugh. Um, I liked Beyonce. <laughs> <laughs> it was always been great to hear Beyonce. So that was 
probably my favorite part of The Lion King. But I feel like, you know, without the remake, we wouldn't have Beyonce singing or yeah. Will Smith on screen or all these Emma Watson and Beauty and the Beast. So I appreciate it. And these are people I've seen growing up in other films just to see them in my favorite live action films, my favorite Disney films. I think it's incredible. So I'm super excited for Halle Bailey. And the best part is you get to still enjoy the original, but you also have new ones to enjoy or critique if that's if that's what, you know, you want to be a critic. But what's next? What do you have next for us, Courtney? So we have the Forbes honors AU as one of the top employers. Whoop, whoop. No surprise there. I to an employee <laughs> of AU. <laughs> so we have been named on the annual list of America's best employers by state. And this is our fourth straight year receiving the honor. So shout out to Augusta University and their employers. AU Health also made the top rank list of employers and 70,000 Americans working in the industry sectors were surveyed and they see it as a place for salary growth, diversity, and positive working conditions. So AU's doing a great job with that. That's awesome to think or awesome to think about because I feel like as impactful as we are as a university, we're still kind of in this chapter where we're like a best kept secret. Like if right. you know about us, you can take advantage of us. But if you don't know about us, like you are missing out. So it's kind of cool for someone like Forbes to be able to give us that acknowledgement for the fourth straight year for the state of Georgia, because I think this is a great company to work for. I've been here for three years been a student for all four years and my experience here has been very positive yeah and we see a lot of working conditions changing or constantly changing where employees are more accommodating to women or younger students or just anyone facing any type of troubles where you might not have been considered for positions before and I mean, look at this beautiful camp, um, cyber center. <laughs> so I just really enjoy, I love seeing what AU has to bring for its employees. Something else that I thought just happening in the world, which I feel like the world has been talking about, was the passing of the Queen of England, Queen Elizabeth, her, her Royal Highness. Um, May she rest in peace. You know, I had to watch The Princess Diaries this weekend. Really? I, ha I had to, because I was like, well. I think it's fitting. The Queen of Genovia is still up and kicking, so got to give it to her. Stop. <laughs> let me, oh wait, but let me, let me quit being silly for a second. Because I saw this article and it really put things in perspective for me. But for a lot of us in our lifetimes, this will probably be the last time we can say that we have a Queen of England as the head or the monarch. Right. Because right. she was the only queen most of us has ever known. And now that she passed away at 96, the reign of King Charles and then his son, Prince William, then his son, Prince George, like they're all men. So this might be the end of having a queen of England, which is really weird to think about because for us growing up, like we've all been known, like there's the queen. Yeah. God bless the queen. We have all these sayings around the queen. Uh -huh. So I, I want to see what people come up with. <laughs> but, you know, again, may she rest in peace. The culture around it is always just super interesting. The royal family. So seeing that, who, who's going to be next, how they're going to be next, when will they, who's coming in, when that's going to happen. I'm looking forward to it. 
what were your thoughts about seeing so many different types of responses surrounding her passing? There have been certain ind- individuals who were mourning, but then there's also those who were celebrating. Like, what was your take um, on that? Well, I'm never one to celebrate, but I do feel for those who are mourning. However, there have been, and of course, by rumor and some by fact, the way the crown and the way the royal family just has behaved in their colonial endeavors. And that's usually the argument I'm seeing, their impact on colonialism in Africa and how that's impacted the poverty and the wealth of the people of Africa. And that's a place where they export a lot of things, including the lovely diamonds they wear. So... It's interesting to see because I'm not in England. I feel like I, or yeah, I just feel like I'm not getting that full cultural shift uh, as everyone else. I don't know. I feel like we have a different royal family here in America. They start with a K. Yes, we have the Kardashians. (laughs) (laughs) So, I mean, clearly the things that happen in England aren't going to hit as hard as, you know, the Kardashians there. But it's just interesting to see. Hopefully... I'm I would say that, you know, hopefully the motherland does get their jewels back Mm. at some point, you know, not just for the fact that they belong to them, but they need them. That's theirs rightfully. And I feel like they could prosper economically so much more with having proper, you know, regulations on their economy and not so much being, you know, a victim of colonialism. Mm. Yeah, it was very interesting to watch everyone's reactions, uh, maybe on Twitter, because that's where, you know, you yeah. see a lot of <laughs> a lot of opinions on Twitter. And I just, I didn't know how to feel because I like, I, I empathize with those who loved her, but I also empathize with those, for those who didn't, right? Like, like I, I see all the perspectives there. So it was, it was very interesting to, to yeah, see how. I feel like I'm kind of watching it from afar. Yeah. Yeah. It, there's, there's not so much side I can take. And there's, even if I did take a side, I don't think it <laughs> could really do much. <laughs> but now that just has me thinking of like <laughs> for our royal family. Yes. Like that would be, that would be very interesting when for us as Americans, ha- like Mm-hmm. The discourse that we will have with people yes. mourning if something happened to one of them. Oh, no. Like, I could, oh, wow. I can only imagine it. It would, yeah, America would probably break in half or the, something. The internet would California break. California would probably break off and start floating away. Something yeah. would happen. Yeah, that's going to be crazy. That's going to be very interesting to, to see play out. I said, hopefully not soon. We lost one queen. (laughs) (laughs) Already, we we get one a year. But yeah, speaking of things changing and new beginnings and all that fun stuff, for those listening, I want y'all to stay tuned because when we come back, we are going to talk about some of the latest things changing on our campus. So stay tuned. We'll be right back. Hey Jag Nation, the 19th annual Augusta U Bruin Q, hosted by Augusta University's Somerville Alumni Society, is scheduled for 5.30 p.m. on Friday, October 7th at the D. Douglas Barnard Jr. Amphitheater on the Somerville campus. The event kicks off Parent and Family Weekend, and all proceeds benefit undergraduate student scholarships. Sconyers Barbecue will provide dinner while Bodega Cat is set to come back for live entertainment. The barbecue is fun for all ages with a kids' zone and fireworks show at dusk to bring Jaguar Nation and the community together for a night of camaraderie and support for our students. Tickets are $20 in advance and $25 at the gate and can be purchased online at augusta.edu slash alumni slash bbq. Special thanks to our signature sponsor, Health Center Credit Union. See you there. 
Welcome back y'all to In the Wild and joining us in the studio is our AVP for Campus Services and he's here for another round of Pardon Our Progress. So give a warm welcome to or welcome back to Mr. Dale Hartenberg. How's it going? Good. How are you, Ray Sean? I'm good. It's been a busy semester so far, but I'm very eager to learn about what's going on in your neck of the woods because I feel like you are probably a lot busier than I am with all the campus updates. Maybe some days and (laughs) (laughs) with with it being a couple weeks into fall, I think we've seen the curve of how busy we are uh, slide just a little bit from the opening when you're dealing with students who aren't familiar with campus and don't know their pattern and don't know where to go, even where to go get food or, you know, where mm-hmm. do I park, things like that. So we've kind of settled down from that. We've settled into a routine. We still see some things that are very worth talking about, right? Like it is very busy on the Health Science campus when you try and park down there. Oh, yeah. Um, you, you know, some other things, you know, where we see some changes coming in the future. But overall, our, our start to fall has been very good. We are currently operating our shuttles. You know, since we didn't have a college move from one campus to the other this year, uh, we, we came in with some very set routines so that our returning students knew exactly what to expect. And our new students are learning very well. I did mention that the Health Science campus is very full. And so I would tell you or would ask our students that if you're having classes on both campuses, that you strongly consider using the shuttle. It is it is very difficult to find a parking space downtown on the Health Science campus between 10 a.m. and 2 p.m. However, if you do decide to drive, I will tell you that, you, you know, you'll see lot 61 down at Laney get full, also 69 and 70 at the other end get full. You do have some extra lots now, lots 40 and 41. And if students are unsure, where's that at? It's off of Chafee Avenue. So if you're down trying to park at lot 69, just take Chafee Avenue down one block. Um, there's always available parking in lot 40 and 41. And then one other thing I should just mention is for our housing students. Students who live in on-campus housing have a very particular and specific permit. And that permit only allows them to park in lot 38 on the Health Science campus during business hours. So if you live at UV or if you live at Oak and Elm and you go away, you know, go up to Somerville for a class and then come back for health science, you got to make sure during the daytime that you're parked in 38. Um, the other campuses, you will end up getting a citation from the enforcement team. The reason for it is to create a balance with our commuters and our students who live on campus. And if the policy let housing students park anywhere, then it essentially gives them two parking spaces because the commuters can't go into the housing student lots and parks. So just a, just a note for those folks, and we're seeing a lot of that issuing a lot of warnings so far um, but they will start issuing citations here soon Mm. So what about dining or the Jag store? Any updates? Sure. Dining, dining wise, things are going well. Students are using their meal plans. Uh, it is very busy at the JSAC during lunchtime. Uh, so when you look at things, you know, and you're, you're t- thinking about your schedule, you could also consider subconnection over at All Good Hall. They have a bunch of meals that fit within the meal equivalency slot. And so if you're just looking at it and you're going, man, this is too busy, take a quick walk over to All Good for your lunch. We are open seven days at Atrium. It is functioning all the time and uh, even went through the Labor Day holiday, uh, but we will uh, get back to just our regular routine in there. So students with the meal plan can use it there every meal. I mean, it's three meals a day, Monday through Friday, and then brunch and dinner on Saturday and Sunday. For the, you did ask me about the Jag store. So the Jag store, we had our book rush. It went very well. We got our students, their books and things. But I do want to just give you a little heads up about what's coming in the spring semester. And that is the bookstore is moving to a online format for textbook ordering. Uh, We will not have stacks and stacks of books on the shelf in the store anymore. Rather, the student will go online and really you'll be able to, to, to do this process immediately after you register for classes. There'll be a prompt to say, hey, do you want to order your books? 
student can go in. They can Their course schedule will be in there. The, the books recommended by their faculty will be in there as well. And then a student can just order their book. Our, our campus partner uh, will give a two-day delivery window for these textbooks. And you can either have them delivered to the campus store and pick them up, or you can have them delivered to your residence hall, to your apartment. Or, you know, obviously, if you live here in Augusta, you can have them delivered to your house. So it's a new development for us as a campus, but it's something we're excited about because it ensures that there will always be a book available. You know, right now, you know, there's times where, you know, you might be person number 21 trying to buy your book and we only bought 20. And so we're out. And so, but this guarantees that textbooks will always be available and they'll be provided within 48 hours of order. I think that'd be awesome. So to have that convenience, like guaranteed two days and knowing from the moment you register for classes, like you kind of already have that list. You're not necessarily waiting on the first day of going into class and looking at a syllabus. Yep. And, and we understand students have a choice. You know, they can use Amazon. They can use, you know, other retailers. And we're just trying to make it easy as possible for the students, especially the students who use their financial aid to buy their books. And so they, you know, their process is to use the campus store. This allows them to have a much more convenient process. And so I have to ask on behalf of all the students listening for the parking deck update. What can you share with us on that piece? So we are well into the planning and design of the parking deck. In fact, the the full structure is is pretty much designed. Um, we're waiting on a couple of geological tests to be finished. That'll specifically determine what type of foundation goes on the building. But then we have the the design builder has already secured a spot for the precast concrete to be to be built. It'll be built here in Georgia, and then there's several hundred pieces like a giant erector set that'll be shipped over to Augusta. Most of our students won't see it because the construction will start in the middle of summer, but basically they put up five to 10 pieces every day. And so then we're excited because, you know, come January of 2024, uh, the deck will be opened. Um, we just did a count on our deck. The deck will add 1,300 spaces oh, wow. uh, to campus. And so um, we're excited about that. It'll be six stories high. Um, it'll, yeah. It'll, it, well, wow. six stories high. It'll actually be the same size as Elm Hall that it sits right next to. It's just kind of the, the spacing will be a little bit different, but it'll sit right there. And it'll have a parking for all of the students who live in Oak and Elm. So they'll be able to park right there on the top levels. And then the other four levels will be for our, our students and our faculty and staff um, who work and, and have daily responsibilities down on the Hill Science campus. So I know I know everybody else is sort of like, hey, man, that's still a long time. But <laughs> for those of us who have been around campus for many years, you understand how long we've talked about this. And so to have a finish line in sight is a pretty cool deal. Yeah, I think that's really exciting to... I don't know. The planning process always gets me inside it. I love the seeing everything come together, especially like you said, because people have been waiting on this for a very, very long time. So yeah, that that's really exciting. Some exciting stuff going on. Is there anything else you're excited to share with us? Nothing in particular. I would just say, Rayshawn, you'll see a lot of our, our teams and our events groups throughout the, the fall semester and into spring. The, the campus store team will be out at basketball games and other locations on the Hill Science campus doing pop-up stores. So you can always visit them. And just a reminder that everything we do, there's an online component to it, right? The bookstore has its website. The shuttle has the Paseo app, you know, parking. You can go in and add your vehicle to the AIM site, get your permit online. So all these things can be done really out of convenience for you as you need to. You don't feel like you have to go anywhere or, hey, where's the parking office? I don't know how to get there type <laughs> of thing. So we would just encourage encourage folks to take advantage of the, the resources that are there with these departments. And it, as always, if there's any concern or any question, just reach out. Um, all the departments have different email accounts. Just reach out and my team will love to, to help you and respond to any concern that you may have. Thank you so much for everything, Dale. Really appreciate you always keeping us informed. Well, thanks, Rayshawn. It was good to see you. We'll see you sometime next semester. Yes, sir. 
Hey Jaguars, are you interested in a graduate degree at Augusta University? Then the 2022 Graduate Fair is for you. Come by and talk with representatives of our various graduate programs to learn more. We will be at the D. Douglas Bernard Amphitheater at 4.30 p.m. Thursday, September 27th. If you are a current student and interested in attending, please register on Handshake. See you there. Thanks for listening to In the Wild. If you like what you heard, then give a nice rating and review to this podcast on whatever you use to listen to your podcast. To keep our conversations going, follow In the Wild on Instagram at In the Wild Pod and Augusta University on all social media platforms. Don't forget to follow me, your host, Rayshawn Ricks, at Rayshawn Ricks to send me questions you want to see answered on the show. Tune in for new episodes every week because we don't want you to miss a single thing that's happening on campus. You can also find out more news at jaguar.augusta.edu. Until then, I'll see y'all next time. Stay wild.